call us to remain standing and uh, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, our prayer is that you would flood this place with your spirit. For we can do nothing without you and any and all good that we do is through you and because of you. I don't know about everybody, but I know in my own life, I've always said that, yeah, I experience God and the Holy Spirit, but I do so outside of church. Maybe it's the deer stand. Maybe it's the baseball field. Maybe it's even in my quiet time. And, and I pray that Bellwether would, would continue to emanate, but that it would grow that you are here and you're found in, in your church Perhaps it's Bellwether, but maybe it's another church. But you are in a church, and you're in a body of believers, and you're working through good times and challenging times. And that's how we grow. And you do grow us, and you stretch us. I I pray that these, your people here, would know that, and they would find your spirit most of all in your church. And you would grow them as your leaders for a world in need. That's my prayer. I pray that's our prayer together as a church. In the name of Jesus, amen. Y'all can have a seat. And if you would get your Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians, I'm going to be in chapter 5, verse 12 through 24. But before we read that, I just want to do a recap really of, uh, of this entire series. This is the last Sunday. This is uh, here at JA. It's also the last in this series that we call Witnesses, which is about the church, which is specifically about Bellwether as Jesus' church. But we named it Witnesses because of Acts 1.8. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, but Really, this series has been about what are some of the the nuts and bolts of church? What are some of the the infrastructure and the inner scaffolding, the spiritual scaffolding that upholds a church? We began five weeks ago, we talked about it begins with a story. It actually begins with your story becoming our story as a church and then realizing that your story individually, our story is really Jesus' story. If we submit and surrender, which hard words submit, but that is what Christ calls us to do. Then we talked about conflict. Uh, Not a popular sermon topic, but a very real uh, reality in the life of the church. But the Bible uh, gives very clear instructions about how to deal with conflict in the church. Then we talked about leadership in the church, which are elders, which we are moving to elder leadership. And then the last two Sundays, well before... Uh, I was in India, we talked about membership. The first of that talked about as a member, we are to love one another, one another, that we are knitted together. And then last week, and you're like, man, I don't know if I believe you or not, we talked about if you really want to be who you were meant to be in your life, you are to commit to a local church and God will grow you there to the person that you're to be. And you're like, man, I don't, I don't know about it. I mean, I would push back. My wife can tell you, like, before... Before I was truly saved, I was like as big anti-authority as you can get. So I'm, I'm tracking with you out there when I say, a church, find who I'm supposed to be. That's what the Bible says. And today we're closing uh, with something that if you were part of Bellwether, really at the beginning, uh, could be a reminder. 
but new to those of y'all who may be new here or maybe in the last just a couple years. We're going to talk about covenant, a covenant, and that we are called, if we're Jesus Church, to covenant together. We'll get to that, but first, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 12 through 24, and I'm going to read this slowly and you can follow me or just listen. These are wonderful words Paul is writing to a church, to a local church. He says, We appeal to you, brothers and sisters, to respect those who labor among you and have charge of you in the Lord and admonish you. Esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, beloved, to admonish the idlers, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all of them. See that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of the prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do this. Yesterday, I had to, uh, had to, but was honored to uh, be part of a funeral. I've, I've done funerals before. Yesterday was the first time I was part of a funeral of someone who I knew very, very well. Someone who was a friend growing up. Uh, someone who, who died uh, suddenly and tragically. And so I was there as pastor, but I was also there as friend. And I'm going to give you a little insight kind of into my world. Not that you really want it, but I'm going to, I'm going to go there. So, you know, I'm a friend, and I love this guy, and I love his family. And I'm really trying to hold it together really the whole day. And then I know I've got to speak. And I go through the line, you know, and I hug his, his mom. You know, and she says, you know, he, he loved you so much, John Hughes. His brother, his dad, his two sisters. And I'm just, I'm just overcome with emotion as, as a human being and as someone who, uh, who loves a guy like a brother. And, and those of us men, you know, out there, I mean, we know this, people we hunt with, fish with, play softball with go on guy trips together with that guy. And I'm praying uh, constantly, God, help me uh, hold it together and and speak words uh, as pastor. And and a big conflict that I have sometimes in my life, uh, and some of y'all here get this because you know me kind of before the pastor days, is like, you know, the, the friend, it doesn't die, but the pastor role has to increase 
God tells me, and to pastor people. And what that means is that, yes, you're a friend, you love folks, but you're to you know, help guide people to a life in Christ. So I really didn't think you know, I was going to make it in the service, and I prayed right before, uh, and, and God gave me the peace and the serenity, and it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful service. But I was reminded as I thought back about that man's life, and I was loving on his family. And that day, I, I was reminded about really our human condition. Now, what do you mean our human condition? That in each of you, and in me, and in every human being that traverses this, this great world of ours, there is conflict. There, there's an inner conflict in all of us. And I'll tell you what it is. On one hand, we love beauty. We work our entire lives to attain beauty. Perhaps it's in a, in a family, it's in our children, in, in a spouse, in the perfect house, in the perfect career, in just you know, the way it looks. And, and we're drawn to beauty in the world from, from mountains to oceans to a beautiful baby to a beautiful person to pictures. And we are drawn to beauty and we want this beautiful life. And then on the other side, we have this conflict, and it's, it's very, very deep. And the conflict is something is not right in this world. We long for beauty, and yet we, we know something's just not right. It's not, this world is not totally beautiful. Where, where a young man can die too soon and leave a seven-year-old in a fight, there's something not right about that. And there's this conflict Beauty, something's not right with the world. And all of us are troubled by it. You're like, man, I'm, I think you know what I'm talking about. And it's a conflict. It's a human condition. People write about that conflict, try to make sense of that conflict, make movies about that. God gave us the answer. Very simply, the answer is Jesus. In the midst of that conflict, God sent his son who became flesh to save us. And God was saying, yes, I created this world. It's beautiful. I want you to long for beauty, but I want it to be for me. And the most beautiful thing ever in the history is what Jesus has done. First in coming to us, and we're going to celebrate that at Christmas, the incarnation, but then dying for us. That's a, that's a beautiful thing about God for each and every one of you, for us together. And I know you're saying, I got that, God, but... A lot of time, me included, we don't get the beauty of that. And we say, we got it, and so I'm going to want a beautiful wife, a beautiful husband, beautiful kids, beautiful house, beautiful life. And that will never sustain us. And then someone dies, or then some, some, something bad just happens. You know, a teenager is on his deathbed. Something's not right. It's not right with this world. It's not. Something is not right with this world. And God sent Jesus in the middle of it. To rescue us, to save us, to find our desire for beauty in Him. Some of you are like, I got that, man, saved, tracking with you. I was like, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, beautiful house, it's, it's kind of a little more, more tangible, and beautiful wife, or beautiful spouse, beautiful kids. That's okay. We can just keep walking together. But for those of you who say, yeah, I got it, Jesus, Jesus. The thing is, there's more. 
It is all about Jesus, but it doesn't end there. And for so many of us, that's where it ends. It ends with Jesus. Yes, got him, saved, heaven, glory, all that, got it. No. There's something more. Jesus came to save us, but he started his church. He started a church, the capital C church, that's lived out in many individual manifestations, Bellwether being one of them. And Scripture is very clear in that we are called, if we say got Jesus, then we're called to be part of his church. And that doesn't mean, man, I'm tracking with you. I, I'm, I'm part of the church. I got the Jesus thing. Let me just do my quiet time. You know, just, you know, I don't have to, you know, I can come and go when I want to. Or, hey, I like worship this church. I like teaching this church. I like this group in another church. And I like going on a mission trip with this church. And that's, that's generally, you know, what a lot of folks do. Scripture is clear and Jesus is clear. Jesus calls us, if we're in him, to grow his church. Being part of a, a local church. As hard as that may be sometimes, but as joyful as, that, as it may be more times than not. I say that because Paul is writing here to a church, to a community. And I think he speaks to that church, but I think he speaks to us to show us what it, would, what it should be like. I mean, like what, what this deal should, should really be like. And, and we've got... Many folks who, you know, de-church, they have left, you know, burned by church or don't believe in the church. And this whole series is really about, it is Jesus. But if we're going to live for Jesus, it's being part of his church. And loving it and leading it and helping it. And this passage is some of the best practical things that we can do. And I'm going to just take them verse by verse real quick. To remind us of who we are to be as as the church of Christ. And if we're going to make sense of this world and really reconcile our conflict, it starts with Jesus. But we grow in life together as a church. First off, he says, respect those who labor among you, who have charge of you in the Lord, and admonish you. Esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Now, this this could be several people. It really is several people. It... It's the pastor. I mean, me, first off, I'll, I'll say just, man, without, without any hesitation, pray for me. Man, I, I mean, not selfishly. Pray for me. Pray for my family. I mean, a day like yesterday, pray that the Holy Spirit sustains me. Our staff, pray for our staff leadership, for Chris, for Jill, for Joseph. Pray for those who lead among you, Holly, Jennifer, your B group leader, anyone who has some charge over and you're like, charge, what do you mean? Isn't it all kind of like organic? We're just kind of hanging out together. And yeah, we'll kind of give somebody a man. Like you're the le- Man, people have charge over your spiritual life. A small group leader, a pastor, a family leader. Pray for us, please. Spiritual warfare is real. It, it hits us. Pray for us. Pray for your leaders here. Paul goes on. We urge you, beloved, admonish the idlers, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all of them. There are those among this flock that you know, need some nudging, maybe pushing, that could really grow, could really blossom, could really develop in their spiritual leadership. And some of you, 
man, you could mentor them, you could lead them, and I pray, I'm going to say men first, you men out there, man, step up your game and say, look around and coach somebody. Love on somebody. Like, what do you mean love on? Well, you can enter into somebody's life. Maybe it's the same profession. Maybe they're mutual interests. But we are called here. If we're in this life together, we need one another. And some of you are a little further along on your walk and you can help others that are here or others outside here. See that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. Pretty clear. Pretty tough. Don't repay evil for evil. Do good to one another and to all. Rejoice always. How many of you are rejoicing today? I don't think everybody is. And I'm not I'm just saying, hey, you need to rejoice. I'm just saying, let's all look in the mirror. I mean, one thing I wanted to do with our kids was just walk around and, I mean, trust me. I mean, in staff meetings, we, we talk about, you know, how we're ready to move. But, man, I want to rejoice that, that God's provided us this place. We can sit and we can worship and we can be together. And it's not perfect and no place is, but rejoice in that. Give thanks in all circumstances. Pray without ceasing. Man, are we a, are we a praying church? Like, yeah, I mean, no, are we really a praying church? I think we got some room that we could all grow, myself included. In giving thanks, I mean, something that hit me yesterday was like, man, I came in this morning, I drove back, and I just hugged my wife, hugged my kids. Give thanks for our, our future here. Give thanks for that screen. Give thanks for give thanks for y'all that are being here. Because, you know, life is short. It's fleeting. Every day does count. You know, like cliche. It, no, it's, it's real. Do we do that as a church? As people who are living together? This is the will of God in Christ for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Do you know that individuals can quench the Holy Spirit? Chris... And Eric, we're singing about Holy Spirit flooded. People can quench the Holy Spirit. Scripture's clear. God can move His Spirit to another place because people, like, people quench it. Then I repent. I ask that God, don't do something, man, in spite of me. Leave me out of it. But I don't want to ever be the cause of the Spirit being quenched. Do not despise the words of the prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain to what is evil. These are words to this church, to, to every church, because it's God's word. God's word is the only authority I have. For those of you who are like me, anti-authority, like, man, you can't tell me. God's word is authority. It survived thousands of years. People have died for this. This is our, this is, this is our only authority. God's word. Yet, yet then we come together and men and women are called to shepherd a flock. Like God called me to start Bellwether. And God's called me to, to lead Bellwether and to, to love Bellwether. And I do. I'm going to talk about that more in just a minute. But then we want to give structure and life to a church, to a local church. And we want to base it on the word of God, the only authority we have. Not something that I say or any other pastor or leader say, but the word of God. So for those of y'all who, you know, like this is home. Or for those of y'all who are thinking this may be home. And maybe some of y'all are visiting this. Maybe one day this could be home. 
that's great, but we want this to be a home for, I want this to be a home for all of you. However, we're, we're putting in what I call the inner scaffolding and the structure. And that's, I come to this document that y'all were given coming in, and on the top it says Bellwether Membership Covenant. And it's like several pages, like what is this? Some of y'all are like, what is this? What, what is Johnny you know, making us do now? Just hang with me, okay? Hang with me. And some of y'all are like, I, I don't like where this is going. Just hang with me, okay? When we were uh, just starting out, we said, you know, we want this to be based, this church to be based in Scripture. And we did a one-page membership covenant. And we asked people, you know, if you're going to be called here and if you're going to join, we want you to say, hey, I at least agree with what's here. And it was all just statements of Scripture. And people were like, no, I agree, I agree. Read over it, you know, if you join, all of that. And now we, we've moved on and, you know, we've, we've faced uh, good times and trials. Trials in, like, personal lives, trials in family lives, trials in leadership. And so we as staff, really over the last, well, since May, I'm not good at math, six months, five months, we said, you know, we really want to take this time, this moment, I mean, this moment that we're at right now. Some folks couldn't be here today, that's cool. But this moment, as we take a step to a new home, to say this is a wonderful time to renew our covenant together. If you call this place home or if you want this to be home. Anyway, what do you mean renew the covenant? Well, covenant is actually a biblical word. You see this paper, immediately you would think contract, you know, this paper. Contract and covenant is totally different. A covenant is something in Scripture. God has a covenant with his people. And as the church, he calls us to covenant together in Christ, for Christ, and for one another. And so we're talking to staffs like, you know, we need something. We need to put, you know, everybody says the Bible is our authority. And this is the final authority. It's the word of God. But, you know, sometimes, you know, a lot of folks don't really know the Bible. I mean, it takes time. And the Bible is this big book. And if we could, like, you know, line it up and really crystallize some things that Scripture says about the church and put it on paper, the words of Scripture, really make it lean and tight. You're like four pages, not too lean. No, but it's a lot about the church and about our spiritual life. To produce a teaching document of what it means to live in community together, to what it means to be a church together, to what it means to grow together. And that's what we said, you know, God's calling us to do this. And honestly, this is a bigger step than taking the step to move to a physical place. Because it's asking all of us, myself included, staff included, my wife included, to say, we're going to commit to this covenant together. So here's, you have it there, but I'm not asking you to do anything today. I just, I'm asking you to take it, read it, pray over it, spend the whole holidays, the whole Christmas season reading it, praying about it, talking to me about it, asking any questions. I want you to know that this, is, this covenant is not like my words, what I'd say, what Chris would say, what Jill would say. Basically, if you squeeze this, Old Testament and New Testament would come out of it. It is only what the Bible says about being God's people, living together as a church. And it's very important to us, it's very important to us to lead a healthy church. Some of y'all out here, y'all ain't been part of a healthy church. I know because I've talked to you. I've heard your stories. Some of y'all got, got big burns and scars. 
I've been burned by church. And God has like seared it in my heart. He said, you, I want you to grow, whether it's 50 or 200 or 1,000. Or what, I want you to grow a healthy church. So that like everybody knows their responsibilities. Everybody knows the boundaries. Everybody knows the leadership. Everybody knows like if we have conflict, there's a process. Everybody knows like, you know, who does what? Everybody knows the structure is clear. And that's what we want to do with this, with this covenant. So we ask you all to take it and read it and pray over it. And we're going to ask you all if you all are like, you know, this is home. It's where God's called me. We're going to ask you to sign it. Now some of y'all are like, whoa. Cause, I say that because the old covenant we did back when we started, when we were tossing around to sign it, we'd be like, whoa. You know, because what that says, you're like, what are you going to do? Like, you know, I don't know, sue me or what are you going to do? But no, no, I mean, it's a free country. I mean, you're not going to be bound. I mean, if you want to go, you know, we're not going to. But look at this or listen to this. Putting your name on something does add weight to it. It does. And that's why I think people are, we want our freedom, man. You know, it adds ways like, what? when you put your name to something, you are, it's a, it's a little weightier deal of commitment. Saying, I'm my name, I put my name on bellwethers. And so you don't have to today, for sure. You don't have to tomorrow, next week. But if you want to call this place your home, you will have to put your name on it. Now, we're going to break this down even more because a lot of y'all, y'all might not have been here for all this sermon series, but we're going to have four membership classes like Q&A, small group in our new home, two in January, one in February, one in March. And we're going to really lay out this covenant even more, take any questions, push back, all that. But if you want to join, you need to come to at least just one of those, not just one. We're going to do four. And you're like, man, I was at the first home group where it was 25. Well, my wife has to come. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, covered, I'm in this too. It's called renewal. It's called renewal. It's called being the church, empowered by the Spirit. It's, it's called learning, learning what the church is to be about. Not what I say, what Scripture says. And again, if you remember nothing else, if you squeeze this, Old Testament and New Testament come out. And we want to be a healthy church. So my ask today is that you take this and you read it and you pray about it. If you have any questions, man, call me for a meeting, for coffee, for lunch. And then if you're still feeling called, come to one, either in January or February or March. And, and there are going to be new people that come. I was, you know, I was at the, the supper after the funeral, and there are lots of folks from Jackson at the funeral. I had like 10 folks come up to me. It's like, man, see the new building? We're coming to your church. We're coming to your church. You know, all that. And that's great. And we're going to say, you know, if this is home, and we want to be a healthy church. We want you to know where everything is. We want you to know the structure. We want you to know what God calls for your life. Because this is not just about church. It's about you. It's about your growth in Christ happening in a church. Last thing. I'd say, well, a couple things, but why do, why do I do this? You're probably, why are you doing this, man? I mean, can't we just, like, can't we just move? And then, whoa, man, awesome, you know. Why this? Because you know there's going to be some pushback. And you know, like, man, you're making a sign. Why? Here's why. I love you. I love y'all. 
And you're like, why are you make me do so? I love y'all. And the more I study scripture, the more I come to the understanding that God is going to grow you the most in a local church. What I talked about last week, you're going to discover your gifting. Your gifting in a local church. You're going to discover who you are and who you were meant to be in a body of believers. And I want you to grow. I don't do this. We don't do this to like, you know, put up a song and dance or just do a service. We do this because of our mission statement to raise leaders who will then raise families, who will go out into the world and raise the kingdom. It's not just a statement. It's what I'm basing my life on. And I love y'all. And I want you to grow in Christ. Second reason, I love Bellwether. Bellwether has become, and I started this sermon series, the dearest place on earth for me. And I want your church, whether it's Bellwether or another church, to really be the dearest place on earth. I love Bellwether. I just, I just want to be in a healthy church. I want us to be, and yes, there are going to be challenges, and yes, there are going to be bumps, but Scripture is clear. And we, can, we have an opportunity to really outline this for our own lives and for the life of this church. I love Bellwether. I want her to grow strong. I want her to grow healthy. But most of all, I love Jesus. And Jesus is clear. And I've, guys, gals, I've wrestled with this. Wrestled it much longer than Bellwether. 10, 12 years. Called to be a pastor. I was like, goob out, you know, come on. I'm a pastor of church. Certainly, I could do something better with my life than give it to a local church. Because I've seen how pastors were treated, and I've heard my own family, love you, grandmother, around the dinner table talk about the song. I know what goes on. You know? Church. Yeah, man. Church. And start one, too. So I love Jesus. And the more I see Scripture, there's a call to Jesus. And if you accept that call, there's a call to His church. Not everybody pastor. I'm not saying that. But to give your life to a church. So I love Jesus. So I'm like, all right, man. This is it, Jesus. You got me here. Till you, till you take me home or call me elsewhere, man. And we'll grow a healthy church for you. And I'm going to love these people. And sometimes the love can be a love that is, that is both edifying and yet can be challenging. But it's always love. I want you to grow in Christ. That's why I, I'd end just with these last verses, 23 and 24. Read them again. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. May your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do this. He's saying this to the church then. He's saying it to the church here today. May the God of peace sanctify. Sanctify means grow. Jesus loves you, but he wants you to grow. There's a call on your life. There's a call on the life of this church to grow his kingdom individually amongst individual believers and corporately as we go out to sanctify, to grow. May your spirit and soul and body be kept sound. He wants us sound. He wants us healthy and alive and growing based on the authority of God's word to grow together. Jesus will come again until that time. And he says, nope, you're, you're not going to do this, pastor. You're not going to do this, leaders. You're not going to do this, congregation. God will do this if we surrender to him, to his will. He is faithful. 
I don't know if you think God is faithful in your life, but I know from being pastor and starting this church, God is faithful. God has taken us and started us, and it's his church, and he'll do this regardless of me or anybody else, but he is faithful, and he wants to grow this church, and he's given us leaders and opportunities and mission and service and places, and it's up to us to say, man, we're going we're gonna to be in this together, and we're going to be under the authority of the word of God, and we're going to ask for God to flood this place with his spirit and be his church. I do it because I love you. I do it because I love Bella. I do it because I love Jesus. I want you to love him. And I don't want us to be conflicted. Because we are. And the answer is Jesus. And then it's his church. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. I thank you for... I thank you for, for the... The things that you have put on our leader's heart here as staff... Uh, to be your church and what that means and we've wrestled with it and to grow a healthy church and that is raising leaders and I do pray over our future. I pray that people would look at this, at this covenant and say I want to be part of a healthy church. I want, to, I want to be this and that we would all strive together and love one another and move forward to being the church of Jesus together until you come or bring us home. I pray individually for the people in here, dear Lord, because I know that, man, I know because I've, I've been there when you've been burned by church or you're wrestling with God or you're anti-authority or you're, you just want to do your own thing. I pray you'd break my heart even more for these, your people. I pray you'd humble me even more for your church. And I pray you'd do the same for our, for our body. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us so much. Thank you for starting your church. May we honor you as we lead it and grow it. In your name, amen.